Hey, good evening everybody. We've got a lot to get through before my podcast at 8. Coke Kingpin. Female Coke Kingpin of Slough. So I'm going to endeavour to get through it all. I just want to give the usual disclaimer though because I think people who are covering this story about Russell Brand are getting bombarded because if they're leaning towards Russell, they're getting bombarded by people saying you're not listening to or supporting survivors. And if they're leaning towards the survivors, they're getting bombarded by people saying, can't you see this is a big takedown attempt, blah, blah, blah. So here's my usual disclaimer before we get into it. When I watched the Channel 4, the testimonies of the survivors, the accusers, hit me in the guts. It was believable. I'm not doubting that. What I've said all along is that we need to find out in a court of law, if this crosses over to the R word. What bothers me here is the timeline of events. If you go back to when these allegations were coming out, Russell Brand was debaucherous, drug-addled, misogynistic, just off-the-wall, insane behaviour. But he was getting paid to behave like that. Just like rappers get paid to say the most obscene things and sell records, tracks all over the world by shocking people, saying the most obscene things. Russell was getting paid to say the most obscene things back then by the very media outlets that are now dogpiling on him at this uncanny time when he's bigger than them, bigger than many of them, as just one man alone, reporting independently on news. They're saying he's a conspiracy quack. I would classify him as an indie journalist. Those same entities that were incentivizing his behavior, dogpiling on him now that he's become such a big voice in the independent news community. There's a bit of a double standard here. Why aren't all the rappers and all the singers who have said misogynistic things, who've probably behaved in equally drug-addled and debaucherous ways in their pasts, why aren't they all getting called out and cancelled at this point in time? Why is it just him? Because there was a slew of them. I'm told through investigations of the comedian scene that there are a couple of names pending to be released. But what's bothering me here is the timing of it. It just reeks of something isn't right. I'm not taken away from the claims of the accusers. I said from the day one, when I watched it, this hits you in the guts. They sound believable, but there's a presumption of innocence for Russell and it needs to go a court of law to be fully processed and to hear the defence's side of the argument which is what we've not heard yet. So it's insulting for me when I'm getting messages from people saying, you don't stand up for survivors, you're mocking these women, you're supporting Russell. I'm not doubting their claims. I'm saying it just needs to go to court and have due process. And if it is determined he has crossed the line and gone into the R word, then he's got nothing coming. But until then, there's a presumption of innocence. And the timing of it, And the way it just went from the accusers versus Russell Brand to Dame Caroline Dynage versus Russell Brand, UK government 
versus Russell Brand makes me even more suspicious that there is a big picture here. Now, let me read to you. All right, I'm working on a book. I'm helping an ex-cop republish his book. And I was editing it earlier this morning. And he wrote something very interesting in the book about memory. This is from a cop of many years, senior police officer. And he's talking about how people remember things from the past. And you're going to see how this applies to Russell Brand's case. All right, so my point is that this collection of stories, mainly from my career as a police officer with Strathclyde Police, are only and can only be my recollections and memories. Depending on whose memory we rely on, the details will always differ. How significant is that? So, you know, Russell, drugged up, memory probably fuzzy, gets in these situations, has his own version of events. The people making the accusations, I don't know the state of their minds at the time, I don't know the state of their mental health, I don't know whether they were on alcohol or drugs, but all these factors determine how the accusers version of events is going to differ from Russell's version of events, which we have not yet heard. All right. As we all see the world from our own, very own individual perspectives. So he challenges us now. Ask your partner what happened on your first meeting or date. And that person is going to say something that perhaps tallies a bit with what you remember, but perhaps a lot differently. Or ask your boss what was said at your first job interview. Ask a sibling or friend to describe an incident from your past. What was said and who did what? If you, if you try any of these challenges that he's putting out, he then adds you will quickly discover that everyone remembers different things different moments and totally different details. The truth, therefore, is self-evidently totally subjective, not factual. No one is lying. We just all remember things from our own personal perspective and can only perceive through our own lens. There are no lies on the following pages. Some facts may even be totally wrong, but they are what I remember and I apologize up front to anyone who remembers them differently or not at all. So when we interviewed this cop, the podcast was almost five hours long and he talked about Paul Ferris. And when I interviewed Paul Ferris, who'd watched this cop describe that story, Paul Ferris said a completely different version of the story. Now, both of them believe their version but memory is malleable, things are subjective, not factual over time. So this is so important when it comes to putting people in a court of law because two sides are going to have completely different versions of events. They're not going to be the exact version of event. That's going to be somewhere in the middle of what both sides say. So until it gets processed by a, a court of law, and they ascertain some middle ground, it's really difficult 
to tell what really went on. Again, you know, this is my disclaimer. I've got messages from people saying I'm mocking and smirking and not acknowledging the accusations. Our channel is the channel that interviews the most people who've survived these monsters. We've got tons of interviews. Jeffrey's Island, survivors of that even. Things have happened in my past. Things have happened in Jen's past. We are totally passionate about these issues. And I find it insulting that people are saying to me, I don't stand up for survivors because I'm saying that there's some funny business going on with these allegations coming out against Russell Band at this point in time. That's what's got me suspicious. The way they've all just come out now, when he is absolutely at the peak of his game, with almost 30 million followers around the world, a following that's going up every single day since this program came out. And even if he is guilty, I could still be right about there being a bigger picture here. The powers can co-opt things to take someone out, guilt or innocent or not. It doesn't matter. They use whatever they can to their own advantage when it's convenient for them. It wasn't convenient for them. 10, 15 years ago when they were paying him to say these things. So I've just watched the channel um, 60 Minutes, the Australian one. We've already gone over the story. It's the one where in the bathroom he exposed himself to the woman. And then he gets on BBC Radio and jokes about it 20 minutes later. So it's quite obvious that he did that. You know, by his own words, unless it's an extreme joke and he's embellishing his own behaviour. But it's quite obvious that he did what that woman said. I'm not challenging that. I'm not saying she's wrong in any way. Did that crossover into the R word? No. Was it despicable? Was it perhaps a crime? I'm sure it's a crime in this day and age, but not full-on R word crime. And when, you, when we say that there's a bigger picture here, it doesn't mean we're defending his actions of the past. Those misogynistic jokes, the touchy-feely stuff, it's absolutely horrendous. But look at the rappers of the world. Why aren't the rappers of the world getting shut down right now? Because they've chose Russell to get shut down because it's convenient for them. And I think I know why it's convenient for them. I know what he's saying because in the last couple of years, there have been a lot of things I've not been able to say. And every now and then, Ash, our guest booker, contacts me and says, can we talk about this yet? Do you think it's safe to talk about this yet? And I say, no, no, no. And Ash might say, well, Russell's talking about it. Or A, B, or C are talking about it. And I've steered clear from all that stuff because we've lost our channel twice and we are getting extra scrutiny, the slightest little thing, and they will take us down. So... I was happy that Russell was saying things I could not. And that's what made me esteem him more because I knew he was putting a lot on the line by going out there and talking about these things that I'm not allowed to talk about on this channel. All right, like I said, we've got a podcast coming out at 8.45 minutes. I want to get through the news stories. Um, Again, all the news stories in the last 24 hours, absolute dogpiling on him. We've seen the same old 
repetition of the catchphrase, conspiracy theorists, conspiracy crank, all that stuff in the mainstream. There's only one person come out to support him. I'll start with the positive. And can you guess who that is? It is none other than Katy Perry's dad. So we've got one that's come out and it said Katy Perry's dad has said he has forgiven Russell Brand for dumping his daughter after their brief 14 months of marriage. He's a Christian preacher, Keith Hudson. He's 76 years old and he told the Mail on Sunday he holds no animosity towards Russell who ended the marriage via text on New Year's Eve in 2011. Terrible thing, Russell, to do that to Katy Perry. I watched the video the other day where she was about to go on the stage and she got the message and she broke down crying. And it shows her, I don't know if you've seen it, it shows her, but she's on this like platform and her, her face is about to go on the stage and she's, she's just distraught and she's psyching herself up and psyching herself up. And all of a sudden, she puts on a smile and puts on a great show. But love, heartbreak, is more painful than physical pain. I wrote a book called The Mafia Philosopher, Two Tonys, and he said to me, because we were musing on the philosophy of love, he said to me, Sean, I've been shot, I've been stabbed, I've been attacked, but never have I felt the pain more intensely than when you've got a broken heart, and you could see that in Katy Perry's face, and that was absolutely bloody awful, what Russell did there. All right, so here's what Katy Perry's dad says. I forgive him. We've all had our pasts, but thank God that we're forgiven. And then Kerry herself, Katy Perry herself, in Toll Vogue in 2013, I felt a lot of responsibility for it ending. And then the old, and I found out the real truth, which I can't necessarily disclose because I keep it locked in my safe for a rainy day. I was like, this isn't because of me, this is beyond me. All right, so if you've watched the 60 Minutes video, it's just over 10 minutes long. And what she added into it, which I didn't know was, she says that there's this incident where Russell exposes himself in the bathroom to her, then goes on the radio and jokes about it. But what I didn't know was, she interacted with Russell again. And Russell was with Katy Perry. And she has alleged that Russell recognized her, put his head down because he was with Katy Perry and avoided her. So she thinks that Russell did recognize her and he was embarrassed about what he'd done. All right, so her father was asked to reveal what information Katy was keeping to herself. And Katy Perry's dad said, I can't say anything because I'll get in trouble. Um, Katy Perry and her spokespeople are refusing to comment. All right, that's about as positive as it gets, I think. We've got one in The Independent um, from Kristen Bell, who comments, this was six hours ago, comments about Russell Brand resurface after beep allegations he was intimidated. All right, so shortly after the release of Forgetting Sarah Marshall, Kristen Bell told interviewers that she had to intimidate Russell Brand to make sure he understood she was not interested in a beep relationship with him during the shoot. Her recollections of this time 
have resurfaced in the wake of the allegations, blah, 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 which he's denied. Um, Bell said she was aware of Russell's womanizing and made it clear to him she was not going to tolerate his advances. I made it really clear from the beginning that I would sock him in the <laughs> cojones if he tried anything, so he was intimidated. And all right, yeah, that's let's let's move on for this one to the mail. We've got one in the mail here. Russell Brand befriended a addict, addicted to the brown substance, before reducing him to tears after offering £50 to let him sleep with his escort girlfriend as the couple's toddler roamed the house during depraved TV documentary. Now, this is just typical now of all of the articles that are coming out every few hours. You know, are they going to just shut this down like they shut it down with Hugh Edwards and Schofield? I think not, because he's not part of the club. So let's look deeper into this one. The mail can now reveal that social services were called after Russell Brand spent a week living with the couple and the toddler daughter at the Norwich home before making his sordid proposal, which was rejected. At times during filming, Russell's sidekick, Matt Morgan, was left to look after the couple's child because everyone else in the house was high. Russell was still a addict to the brown himself at the time and later admitted using with them as in the couple the whole time we were making the program the male has learned that the boss of the company behind the program which never heard called social services after being shown the disturbing footage the shocking episode is a new low for russell again it's all a new low today, isn't it? Ten years after it's happened. Because it's a new low is convenient for Dame Caroline Dinage and the interests that are thus represented. Um, Alright, so he's denying the claims of the recent allegations, blah, blah, blah. Alright, in a podcast earlier this year, Mr. Morgan recalled making a comedy docuseries called R.E. Brand, made for the now-defunct channel Play UK, in which they filmed one episode living with the addicted couple to the brown. He said, the guy who ran the production company watched it and said, this can't go on telly because they'll lose custody of their child. The show was made by well-regarded Vera Productions and was grandly hailed by Brandon Morgan, his then-writing partner as a way of exploring the idea of whether anyone would sleep with escorts if they weren't able to dehumanize them. Insane. Morgan recalled that after a week spent helping the couple, Russell turned to the boyfriend and said, I want to give you 50 quid. I'm going to have beep with her. Morgan added that the boyfriend started crying. It was actually really beautiful, and in the end, they all cried. It was properly mental. It took me about two or three days coming back to my normal life to unpack it all. It was almost like you needed counselling. A source with knowledge of the programme said it was all rather depraved, dirty, and squalid. 
Brand even referenced the incident in his memoir, My Bucky Walk. I'm going to have to dig these out because I read them so long ago, I can't even remember what was in the Bucky Walks, all of it. Writing that the woman was beeped out by her partner, as in doing escorting. He said the man's tearful response to his cash for beep proposal made him feel terrible, but I still thought... This is what you're doing every day. It's just that you've got to know me. Morgan revealed that he and Russell had first met the addict couple a few weeks earlier while on a holiday. Where was it? On a holiday in Norfolk. Just admitting a few words there because they named substances. He told the blethered podcast host by broadcaster Sean McDonald, me and him, as in Russell, went on a holiday and hired a boat. We effed it up completely. We smoked green and drank and the boat was wrecked. We freshed it. We went out into open sea and it was mental. Then I caught a cold because there was only one blanket and Russell had it. I was ill and we went to a hotel and he was full on beep mode, addict. And he was like, I need to go and F.A. escort. So he went and came back and said, I couldn't do it. I went round her house and there was like kids, toys, and it was really grim. And I really felt sorry for her and the situation was really awful. So when we got back to London, we were like, that's interesting that she was too humanized. You couldn't do it. So clearly escorting is wrong. If you knew that person, could you go through with it? He said, this is what spawned the idea to return to Norfolk and live with the couple for an episode of the RE Brand series. Morgan said the situation with the addicted couple was effing tragic, adding, she was on the game supporting hers and his addiction. And there was a kid in the house. And that was why we couldn't show it. There was points where they were all gouching, nodding off on Brown, with this poor little kid running around. Oh, honestly, this is making me sad. That's terrible. I've just having a baby myself. That's what how that kid is being brought up in that environment. That's absolutely, you know. And I sympathise with people who who are going through addiction issues. Because a lot of them have suffered childhood trauma. vast majority of them have suffered childhood trauma. But hearing anything like this about babies and kids just makes me want to throw up. So you're making this documentary, but I'm making a sandwich for the little kid because no one else is. And it was just tragic. It was awful. That is awful. Morgan said other ideas for RE Brand were shelved. I'm not bloody surprised. Writing in my bucky work, Brand recalled... One discarded Ari brand idea, which is probably best we didn't follow up, was let's get loads of escorts, make them live with my mum, and she'll be the beep, as in the person who runs them. I remember the phone call very clearly. Mum, can I have loads of escorts come and live around your house for a TV program? Yeah, okay, she replied in the same soft, gentle voice. She always uses as she continued resolutely in her mission to love me. Wow. So, we've got 
in a statement, Morgan said he stopped working for Brand several years ago. He added, during the time I worked with him, I was never aware of any allegations of serious beep beep against him. I absolutely condemn all forms of mistreatment of women. Yeah, which our channel absolutely concurs with that. And then the call in, they're closing this article in the mail saying that Russell's video that I covered with Ron Swanson the other day was a rambling speech accusing the British government of demanding that big tech platforms censor his online content and he took a swipe at his former employer, the BBC, for its trusted news initiative that tackles fake news. Um, and we did go over the press release for the trusted news initiative on the BBC website. And I reeled off the various organizations involved in the trusted news initiative if you didn't catch that they are ap associated press afp bbc cbc radio canada european broadcasting union ebu the financial times information futures lab google youtube the hindu the national media group meta microsoft i mean Half of these companies, Russell was doing expose videos about on his channel. Thomson Reuters, Reuters Institute for the Study of Journalism, Twitter, The Washington Post, Compass, Indonesia, Dawn, Pakistan, Indian Express, NDTV India, ABC Australia, SBS Australia, NHK Japan. And... The mission statement is TNI members work together to build audience trust and to find solutions to tackle challenges of disinformation. By including media organizations and social media platforms, it is the only forum in the world of its kind designed to take on disinformation in real time. Our most recent conference took place in London and Delhi in March 2023. And you can even go on the bbc.eu co.uk beyond fake news trusted news initiative website and watch the sessions but they have four targets and they are fast alert against the most harmful disinformation discuss trends media education and shared learnings and engineer solutions i think they ended engineered the solution to the end of Russell Brand because <laughs> um, that's what it looks like to me alright now we have gone over previously we already knew what was coming in this 60 minutes thing if you've not seen the 60 minutes Australia video I've just watched it with Jen and Ziggy Ziggy wasn't all that interested but he was doing lots of smiles and it's about it's just over 10 minutes long and here's the gist of it then if, if you've not yet seen it you can watch it for free on youtube australian woman says russell brand exposed herself himself to her in la bathroom so and i do believe this happened because he even jokes about it afterwards 
So this Australian woman who we're calling Rachel, she tells 60 Minutes. She met Russell in 2008 when she was working in an L.A. building that shared the same space as the BBC. After the doorbell rang repeatedly, she answered the door to Russell and his large, bustling entourage before a recording session for his BBC Radio 2 show, The Russell Brand Show. In the 60 Minutes video, she said she did not know who he was and there was little interaction between them. But 15 minutes later, when she went to the bathroom to get some meds, Russell followed her in. And then she says, I squatted down. I've opened up a cupboard where the first aid kit is kept, along with our medicines. And when I turned around, there was a groin in front of me. She said that Russell called her a bit of all right, and then said, I'm going to F you, which she rebuffed. He then allegedly placed his man jewels on his hand in front of her and said, and then, before you know it, there was a loud banging on the door. Oh, this is what she said. They were calling for him to come into the studio. And I thought, oh my God, thank God I've been spurred this creep. She texted a staff member from the BBC to recount the incident. And the staff member replied, yes, I know he's talking about it on the... uh." So, this was the Russell Brand Show with comedian Matt Morgan, aired June 21st, 2008. He can be heard rehashing the incident with Rachel. He said it had been 25 minutes since he showed his willy to a lady to a receptionist. She believed the audio was not going to be included in the final cut of the show, but the recording was unearthed after the allegations surfaced this month. And then listening to the audio has now made her feel disgusted and ashamed, but she believed it vindicated the S.A. allegation. It is believable, and it is disgusting. It it doesn't cross over into the full-on R-word, but it does appear to be a crime. I give them that. I'm not taking anything away from any of the accusers. If he is guilty, he's got nothing coming of the R-word I'm on about. But like I said at the very beginning during my disclaimer, the timing of this stinks. The fact that he's got almost 30 million followers and it's rising every day since the disclosures means that a lot of the other people around the world smelling something rotten is happening here as well that that does not mean we're not supporting survivors of monsters we want to keep those b words locked up for the rest of their lives they need to be put away forever as far as I'm concerned, the mayhem, the disgusting behavior. All right, so you don't want to be that one that brings this to light. In hindsight, I wish I had, but I actually thought nobody would have believed what I had to say and I couldn't be that person to do it. I mean, the BBC allowed him to publish, they published him talking about what he'd done on this day. So how culpable are the BBC in this matter? They didn't call him to account. 
they published it and monetized it and you know got viewers watching it however the radio operation works i'm not sure if they monetize things or if it comes from the license fee all right so i have expressed oh here we go in a statement um to the bbc morgan said he was not aware until now of the nature of the incident between brand and rachel and condemned mistreatment of women I've expressed my regret now looking back at the impact of the show. And this is a further example. But again, you know, Russell went through this period where he was saying these misogynistic, horrible things, getting rewarded for it. And then he evolved to become an independent journalist and a family man and to do yoga and to have kids. All the rappers who have been saying things and other artists, obscene comedians who have been saying things, and are still saying things to this day, why are they not getting cancelled off all platforms? Is that possibly because they're not independent journalists with almost 30 million followers talking about big issues of the world that are really critical for us to think about? And now getting la- we're all getting labelled as conspiracy crackpots for trying to see things from multiple angles instead of just allowing them to pee on our heads and tell us that it's rain. All right, so Met Police latest is they have received the report. And that's the so incident. As far as I'm aware, there is no criminal case in motion yet. And I've never in my life seen allegations come in without any criminal complaint and someone loses much as russell brand which again just adds to my suspicion as to what's really going on here all right so we looked at one of the companies in the mix was the financial times let's see if they've got anything in the headlines today with Russell. Du, 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 du. Nope. That's something yesterday. They're not letting me pull that up. But we have got the Pussycat Dolls singer story that's come out in the last 24 hours. I've got until 8. We've got 20 minutes left in this stream. At 8, we're going, we've got a two hour podcast. And it's Mel out of Slough. She was a coke kingpin but now she just talks in prisons and she's campaigning for reform and inspiring people she's done a a great transformation and she's going to be one of the women featured in we've got sit downs with gangsters my book up there is it behind me on the shelf that came out last month next year we've got sit downs with female gangsters coming out and she's going to be have a chapter in that and wild woman as well all right, go back to the the latest Russell news. Um, Pussycat Dolls singer. Oh, she's backing Russell Brand. As he says, he has faced an extraordinary and distressing week. In his conspiracy-filled video that fails to address the R and SA allegations. Can't believe the male is actually saying he's got support. This is a turnaround, isn't it? 
Jessica Suter, is it? Sutter, Suter. I'll just call her Jessica. 41, responded to Russell's video uploaded to his social media platforms last night in which he failed to address the claims made against him. Well, you're only going to address the claims made against you when they're of this magnitude and the whole world is watching through a lawyer. He's not going to go full on Andrew Tate and start doing loads of interviews protesting his innocence. He's going to do it the way professionals advise you to do it and that's through a lawyer. Writing on Instagram, the singer, Jessica, who has used her social media platform to campaign against beep, 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 something Russell talked about, was one of many celebrities to comment saying, we support you. This comes after a week of headlines, non-stop, that's why I'm here today. Um, Brand issued his preemptive statement, blah, blah, blah. Second video, blah, blah, blah. And they're chastising him again for pushing this Rumble platform subscription, £48, $60 to watch after adverts on his YouTube channel was... Adverts were suspended, so it's monetized. Now, I'm curious. Does anyone know? Please let me know in the chat if you do know. If YouTube demonetizes your channel, does that mean nobody makes money? There's no ads, nobody makes money, or does that mean they make the moolah? Curious about that. Are there still ads on his channel? I, I don't know, because I pay, what is it, 10 quid a month, something like that, to not get ads on my YouTube videos. And um, I'm curious to know as to whether you guys think YouTube now gets the money from his videos. Yep, they're saying they, they make it, YouTube makes it. Tell me in the chat. Yep, YouTube makes the money now. So if what he did was so heinous, surely nobody should be profiting off it if they believe that it is that heinous. You can't profit from it, but we are, we will. It's crazy, isn't it? All right. Going back to the Pussycat Doll Singer was far from the only famous face to respond with support with American personality and actress Alexis Wren also replying with a message of support. Real Housewives of Cheshire star Hannah Kinsella also showed support, leaving a heart emoji, while part of record-producing duo Sigma, Cameron J. Edwards, replied to Russell and said, Respect. Sex and the City star... Gilles, Gilles Marina also came to Russell's defense writing you are destabilizing the institution and worldwide <laughs> I'm absolutely not surprised you are being censored <laughs> good point good point um, but multiple other women who are not a part of the initial investigation have now come forward with fresh claims about alleged S misconduct. Thursday, we had Olivia came forward, exposed um, herself to him. Well, that's the 60 Minutes one that we've just watched. Put a one in the chat if you watched the 60 Minutes video that was released today. Put a two in the chat if you've not watched 
the 60 minutes video that was released today i'm curious um then it goes back into that one more women have come forward with accusations while the met police have launched an investigation too all right so one 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 two 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 looks like most people have not yeah i do pay 120 quid or something a year from to have no ads two 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 looks like mostly twos mostly twos so you guys who've watched it then put in the chat what you thought of it um in words did you find it believable did it cross into a criminal matter like the r word or are you suspicious that all this is just coming out now when he has he's at the top of his game and calling out loads and loads of huge names organizations governments polly says believable and says no it came across as fake thrifty says he's guilty so, um i believed her made me cringe yep so you know a balance of opinions on it i believe her too and i'm not detracting from that i'm just saying it doesn't cross over into full-on our word it may be a criminal matter maybe a lesser charge than our word and it needs to be processed in a court of law carol you can only see one comment because you're watching this on facebook uh we're broadcasting it on youtube where we have our big audience just go over to youtube put in sean atwood if you want to watch it on youtube and join the chat over there yeah 60 minutes australia youtube you can watch it for free yeah let's see what michelle is saying worked for a company in new zealand early 90s one manager had a huge frame photo of wet l mcpherson in a skimpy bikini on his wall the regional manager inappropriate anna k tennis player screen screen save there was a whole culture of this behavior and this behavior getting rewarded by the mainstream companies that are taking russell down i know times have changed and we can't tolerate any of this crap in this day and age but we can't just dismiss the roles of these companies mtv was one of them i remember watching russell mtv channel 4 the big brother stuff the bbc with jonathan ross why aren't all the other people who are still out there cracking misogynistic jokes being held to account right now the rappers the comedians whoever's doing it under a freedom of expression of art russell was a shock jock all right we've got 10 minutes left let me get through the rest of these um news stories we've got one in the guardian just have a little sip of my hilden the guardian today has come out with russell brand and why the allegations took so long to surface i'm going to preempt it and say they're talking about how it does take a long time for accusers to process it mentally and to mature and to be ready to do it but and i agree with that but 
the way it's and thanks for the super chat iron man the way it's all just coming out now how he's gone from being at the top of his game to within a week just a whirlwind of activity where the mainstream media is completely writing him off as you know basically he's done he's done he's never going to come back from this we will see i think that second video he did is show this his clear intention he he's going to keep going and he's going to keep going down the same lines and that means he might trigger the three steps the first step they destroy your reputation second step criminalization prison third step you're no longer breathing going back to jfk etc all right the guardian it came as little surprise that the darker corners of the internet are ablaze with conspiracy theories this week are we a dark corner of the internet are we who are trying to enhance our critical thinking skills by looking at every side of a story does that constitute the dark corner of the internet versus the people who just sit there swallowing the mainstream after russell used his channel to call the allegations against him a coordinated attack and a serious and concerted agenda to control his voice but even among more mainstream voices questions are raised about the timing toby young former editor at the spectator asked if there was a more innocent reason why the times channel 4 etc waited this long to produce their findings while the british business magnate alan sugar tweeted that it was strange that multiple people have come forward at the same time well it's no secret that the journalists contacted these people they were absolutely gonna all come out now because this was set in motion by the journalists if the journalists had not contacted these people we would not be here where we are today and again that does not detract from these poor accusers who've obviously been through some sicko stuff with this guy who was whacked out of his mind on chemicals and behaving really inappropriately we've seen videos we've heard the jokes we're not disputing that before i get emails saying i'm taking away from the claims of the accusers we love giving accusers survivors voices on this channel we've got a playlist titled survivors check it out but we also interviewed the dj steve proctor falsely accused of our word five hours long if you want to understand how this can happen how people can come up with gruesome details and go to court and put these things in court and yet you get found completely innocent exonerated at the end of the whole process but the stink lasts forever i'll put a link to that one in the description box i know i keep forgetting to do it because it is pertinent with what's going on here all right so where was i oh thank you for the super chat mr t appreciate that grab a tea on me all right we were talking about alan sugar said it was strange others wondered why it had taken so long for the story to be published despite rumors swirling about russell's behavior for years rumors weren't swirling he was writing about it 
You guys were paying him to get on stage and talk about it. It's like it's some dark secret. In the dispatch's dock, the comedian Daniel Sloss said he had heard allegations and rumours about Russell. Deadline reported he was dropped from Comedy Central's roast battle in 2018 after another comedian, Catherine Ryan, repeatedly accused him of being a beep-beep. The reason, according to multiple experts, is simple. Publishing stories like this in England and Wales is extremely difficult and fraught with risk. People often think that we have a law that protects free speech here. We don't. We have a law that protects reputation. This is coming from Caroline Keane, a partner at Wigan, who represented the journalist Catherine Belton when she was sued by multiple Russian billionaires. Well, she's got some cojones. Getting stories out like this may sound easy to people who watch a lot of crime dramas, but it's actually incredibly difficult. In England and Wales, the subjects of unwanted stories can sue for libel if they believe their reputation has been damaged. I myself had to do this a couple of years ago when a person put out videos making false crap about me. So I'm familiar with the whole process. It is expensive and time-consuming. The responsibility is on the party taken to court not the subject of the allegations, to prove the story is substantially true on the balance of probabilities, while other defences include that the story was in the public interest or an honestly held opinion backed up by facts. And I don't know if you saw the interview we did, the first lawyer interview we did with on the Russell Brand case, and that lawyer, he was a media lawyer and he dropped in at the end. Was it Nathan? Ethan, he dropped at the end that he was Philip Schofield's lawyer and he talked about just this, how Channel 4 and The Times have covered their butts by giving him the eight days right of reply notice and saying that it's in the public interest and then they can claim, make, they can publish whatever claims they want at that point. And yes, Russell could sue, but he can't win. This is what Philip Schofield's lawyer told us one week ago. Russell can't win. Because they'll just say it was in the public interest to release what Channel 4 and what Dispatches and The Times released. Alright, continuing, which is probably why, as Louisa Compton, the head of news at Channel 4, explained on BBC Radio 4's media show this week, the team had really spelled out how we managed to verify what we have. Journalists had reportedly interviewed hundreds of sources and seen private emails, texts, medical and therapist notes, as well as submitting freedom of information requests, scrutinizing Russell's books, interviews and broadcasts to corroborate allegations. The journalists and their legal teams will also have been well aware that Russell had taken legal action previously. In 2014, he accepted substantial libel damages from The Sun on Sunday over the false claim that he cheated on his girlfriend, Jemima Khan. In the same year, the couple were granted an anti-harassment injunction against a masseuse 
after Cop said there was no case to answer over her claims that Russell had assaulted her. And we covered that case in more detail a couple of days ago, the allegation. Legal battles can take years and costs are difficult to recoup, even if the publisher wins, adds Keane. Quote, even the big organisations work on a budget and they have seen cuts and advertising slashed. Publishers are having to make calculated commercial choices on whether they can afford to run certain stories. And as a result, many true stories don't get published. The stakes are high for major media groups, but even higher for alleged victims who decide to tell their stories and have little financial backing or legal teams in place to support them. And that's a quote from Mark Stevens' partner, Howard Kennedy. One of the standard ploys which one particular law firm in London is doing is to sue or threaten to sue the individual woman, not the journalist or the newspaper, says Stevens, who represented Zelda Perkins, a former assistant to the disgraced US film producer Harvey Weinstein. So in, in these legal situations, you can sue the publisher or you can sue the person making the claims. Because the way they got me when they were doing the three steps of me, reputation, criminalization, stop you breathing, I had a previous podcast guest who'd said the name of an underage person who was alleged to have been a survivor of this stuff. And because I was the publisher, even though I had said the name, I got called to the cop shop and ended up with a caution and whereby now I have to be very careful about what I say when I'm interviewing survivors of these monsters. Otherwise, I go to prison if I don't adhere to the strict requirements in this caution. And one of them is I got to ask them right away if they waive their anonymity. Yep. So I've got that sword of Damocles hanging over my head all the time. All right, so... The stakes are high for media groups. Um, one of the stand employees. Okay, go after. Yeah. So the effect is chilling. This is a quote from Helena Kennedy, KC, criminal lawyer and labor peer. And many women stay silent because they fear having the bats of hell coming after them. Now, it, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book about Savile. And when the cops were interviewing him, he completely took over the interview. And he was congenial, cordial. And, but he got to the point where he started bragging about he just loves going to the Old Bailey and suing people. And he's got this legal team that will just annihilate anyone, any crackpot that says anything about him. So yeah, I do see how that works, how these demons utilize that and to try to shut up survivors. There are a lot of challenges for these women to come and speak out and that's why we feel honored when they do choose our platform we get lots of emails for survivors saying they're choosing our platform to tell their stories back to the article while ministers have made amendments to the economic crime and corporate transparency bill to tackle so-called slaps strategic lawsuits against public participation Legal actions often characterized by large numbers of aggressive pre-action letters targeting a financially weak defendant and bringing claims simultaneously in multiple jurisdictions, these will only relate to slaps linked to economic misdeeds. I know how intimidating that is because I've been slapped 
with uh, lawsuit threats over things podcast guests have said that I've published. And it's very intimidating indeed. They send someone to serve it on you and they sneak up at your house and slap it in your face. And um, fortunately, I've got my own legal people and I was able to negotiate my way out of those situations without it becoming full-on lawsuit, which would have bloody well bankrupted me if it, if it had done. All right, so Kennedy is among those who argue legislation needs to be extended. The rich can weaponize the law. It's called Lawfare. Yeah, and my legal, one of my legal guys, there's a book called Lawfare, and one of my legal guys has urged me to get that book off Amazon. I think it's, it's like 20, 30 quid. Um, because it is an absolute minefield out there. You think you can just have a guest on and they can say anything. They can't because you're liable as the publisher. And that's why live streams are particularly dangerous because you can be held account even if you delete the video afterwards. Yep, scurry. Um, These tactics are being used by powerful men to silence women. A Ministry of Justice spokesperson said... The government was committed to legislating to cover all forms of slaps as soon as possible. Zelda Perkins, who co-founded Can't Buy Me Silence after blowing the whistle about Weinstein, said threats are often combined with non-disclosure agreements to protect abusers. The law is being perverted to protect and enable abuse rather than uphold justice. The rule of law shouldn't apply to those with the biggest bank account. But sadly... People get what justice they can afford. That's a quote from my friend Two Tonys, the mafia philosopher. If you've got money, you can buy what justice, whatever justice you can afford. Judges all over the world are up for sale. But you just got to have the right price. All right, on that note, I've got the coke kingpin of Slough, female gangster podcast premiering right now. Stay tuned if you want to watch that. Maybe see some of you in the live chat. And there's so much news coming about about Russell every day. I will be back.